Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Google Workspace Recap, a Tab Geeks Network show. Each week we take you through everything announced by Google Workspace, discussing the updates of the week and other relevant news and announcements. My name is Jesse Nolan, my co-host is Steve Larson, and we are here to help you keep up. Breaking news, well, it broke a few days ago already, but if you haven't heard, Google Next 2022 has been announced. Now we get to bring back all of our previous Next, Google Next, Next jokes from last year. Har har har, I know, very funny. Uh, we are hearing some different things through the grapevine, though, but it looks like it's going to be a primarily virtual event. The website does mention that it's going to be virtual, but it also says register now for the opportunity to attend in-person events, whatever the hell that means. Uh, we are digging in here to see if we can find out any more info for you all, but here's to hoping that we uh, can do it all in person, even if it's regional in individual cities. I guess Steve will be uh, out there in Chicago, and I'll be in L.A., and... We can cover remotely from there or something. I don't know. What do you think, Steve? What have you heard? Yeah, that's, well, I haven't heard too much. I mean, I did mention to you that uh, prior to the announcement, I'm like, oh, it, there's going to be some in-person stuff for next. Uh, and yep. I think that was like a week or two before uh, we saw this go live. Uh, so, but yeah, I don't know to what extent things are going to be happening in person, uh, you know, and, and how they mention it here on the main landing page where they're saying that there will be some things in person. Uh, it might, uh, I think, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they do something in some of the major, you know, uh, Google uh, cities where they have maybe offices with uh, events happening, maybe in some of the Google offices, perhaps, I don't know, or in partner, uh, you know, spaces, if they've got some partners uh, in some of the cities. So, I, you know, one or the other, both, a little combination, we shall see. Yeah, that'd be great. And I forgot to mention the date is October 11th through the 13th, as we had to save the yeah. date before. Obviously, that's in 2022. It's later this year. Uh, for the religious Jews in the audience like myself, unfortunately, day one is uh, the last day of the first days of Sukkot or of Sukkot. Uh, unfortunately. So I will be offline for that first day. And then the second it's over, the holiday, is, uh, the second it's over at about, mm, I don't know, probably 7 p.m. or something along those lines, 6 p.m. that time of year, uh, I will be logging on and watching everything at uh, 2x speed, <clears throat> trying to get all caught up and uh, and probably hopping on for a very late night episode recording with Steve so we can do kind of a, a response just like we did for, for last year's Google Next. And, uh, and did we do the one before that? This is our second next or our third next? This will be our second. That's what I thought. Yeah, the last one I was in Israel for. Second year. Yeah. Because it's only year two of the of this ep this podcast. We're in the second year right now. Yeah, and we started in January. So. Yep. Well, we are going to do our best to bring you uh, not necessarily not live, obviously, because. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, I'll be offline, but Steve can uh, be can be posting and, and whatnot, and uh, I'm sure we'll be in all of the chat prominently as he generally is in the sessions. So, looking forward to that one. If we're lucky, they won't clump Google Workspace into one day like they've done last year and the year before. Yeah, most of it. Well, yeah, most of it is on uh, on just one of those days, isn't it? That's the way they've been doing it, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't like it. There's 40-some-odd sessions, technically, in Google Workspace, 50-some-odd sessions, and they're all clumped into one day into, you know, the Google Cloud Conference. Yeah. It's hard to do anything else. Yeah. 
yeah, I don't know if I'm kind of going back to that, uh, you know, in person reference that they made. So there is a, I don't know if you scroll down on the main landing page, it's called Next on the Road. Mm. And uh, it says Next may be coming to a city near near you. So sweet. register for the digital event and flag your interest in attending local in person experience. Uh, and that there's some limited uh, options there. So. I mean, to me, that sounds like we'll be running some stuff in multiple cities. Yep. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah it says in the uh, FAQ page, when and where will Google Next be held? This year, Google Next is a global hybrid event taking place, well, we know the dates. In addition to a live stream broadcast and on-demand digital content, there will be select smaller in-person physical events to further connect with Google Cloud. Yeah. So whatever that means... <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. I'm trying to think like once you're registered, if there's, um, you know, it talks about uh, to let them know that I can't really find out where you do that at. It's when possible that hasn't launched yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll dig in. Yeah, I think just keep an eye out for, for emails, announcements, and changes uh, to that event. So, yeah. All right. Well, even more interesting uh, things have happened on the week of updates. One of our updates that we saw in the RSS feed, the uh, the post just isn't Oof. there anymore. Disappeared. So that was interesting. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it just disappeared. Uh, that was the, the first update, actually, of the week, which was the better search options in Gmail. Just, yeah, it's a blank page now. Uh, it, it luckily did get captured by the Wayback Machine. So we do have some uh, some info that we can s tell you that what was expected to be launched. And and the other thing is, is that the uh, search results for me and one of my accounts I think is showing this new uh, search, these new search results where it's um, segmented into two areas. Uh, but it's not showing for everyone, I guess. So it could just be an early access, um, you know, feature. Maybe they, they pulled pulled back on the uh, release and then didn't say anything. Wasn't ready for prime time, I guess. I guess, yeah, yeah. But um, let's see, if we uh, don't include that one, then we are looking at, what are we looking at? We're looking at 10 updates then for for the week that were uh, were announced. Uh, we also had two other ones that came in the end of week recap post, uh, talking about rollout improvements for future Google chat launches, uh, the Avacor Series 1 Desk 27, got a special mention there, even though it was uh, also announced by Avacor back on June 7th, if you were uh, subscribing to their updates on the, on the product uh, launch uh, that uh, was announced uh, almost a month ago. Uh, but Avacor might just have been that there were some delays maybe in shipping and now they're shipping the units perhaps, but, uh, Google thought it, uh, you know, they, they thought to mention it there in their, uh, kind of silent releases section. Uh, and then looking at all the other updates that we had throughout the week, uh, you have the ability to build larger spaces in Google chat, uh, as you know, uh, Google plus or currents 
is being deprecated. So that is uh, a welcome change for anyone that will be moving over to chat from currents. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of chat uh, actually updates this week. Uh, you can also make uh, Google Chat uh, well making Google Chat active user metrics more detailed in the admin console. That is our next update of the week. Uh, next, we have the ability to control access to experimental Google Workspace apps with a new admin setting. Mm. Next, you can stay on top of changes to document content with edit notifications. Uh, also, uh, Google Meet participants, uh, uh, you can now allow them to ask questions or respond to polls anonymously. Uh, again, back to uh, more chat uh, and uh, updates. You can now delete chat spaces and their content. Uh, so that is now generally available. Uh, one more here. We've got, let's see, four more left. Prevent spam by adding invitations from known senders only to your calendar. Uh, you can now live stream Google Meet events to you via, via YouTube. Also, uh, again, a little chat update here. Easily access your most used emojis in Google Chat. I've been seeing that, I think, on the Android app for a little while, but uh, I think it's also coming to the web as well. Uh, frequently used, just showing up there. So, yep, seeing it already. And then last, we have the ability to programmatically manage and apply drive labels using new API functionality. And then, as we already mentioned, some other topics in the news for this week. Uh, the Google Next uh, conference uh, has been officially announced. Uh, also, new Pixel books uh, were confirmed at IOO, and we all missed it here from an article uh, from Chrome Unboxed. I think it was kind of a very subtle reference and some other uh, statements someone made. That's where that came from. Yep. And then, yeah, and then an interesting one here. So this is we're looking at. Uh, I mean, TechCrunch. Few people picked this article, this uh, headline up about Denmark banning Chromebooks uh, and, and workspace. Uh, however, one of the uh, publications actually followed up and got some updates on it. And uh, they didn't actually ban it. They just, uh, they actually said that you, if you are using it, you have to apply these controls uh, so that uh, fewer things are being used by your users that may share data more openly you know, with other uh, regions or with, uh, within other parts of Google that you know you don't want your information being shared with, um, but again, you know the um, the whole thing with this you know GDPR and data sovereignty stuff is that as long as you tell the users what's happened with the data, you can do whatever you want with it. Mm -hmm. um, so you just have to tell them about it, and then you're fine, pretty much. But this you know kind of uh, makes it sound a little bit I think worse than it actually is. Most headlines do. That's what. It's how they get you. How they draw you in. A little bit of shock and awe there. Yep. Um. All right. So let's dive into those updates then. I'm trying to get some too many windows open here today. All these <laughs> a lot of updates. Um. And then, of course, I was looking for some emails and Avocore stuff, so I couldn't find out what email that was sent to. Too many emails, too. Too many email accounts. Uh, all right, first update. So the one that you won't have access to anymore unless you go over to the Wayback, the, uh, Wayback machine over at archive.org. Uh, and that was the better, better search options in Gmail. 
So when and if this actually does get relaunched, uh, you'll know a little bit about it. Uh, what uh, they were saying uh, regarding that uh, announcement was that Gmail has some more accurate and circumstantial search suggestions with better customization as a result of, of their updated machine learning models. And a couple specific examples that they gave for this was uh, that there are some better and more contextual contact suggestions with intent matching whatever that means <laughs> and uh and personalized suggestions based on historical interactions so uh, those um those features had they rolled out would have uh, started on the 15th there and uh there's some gradual rollout for that um you know it, this it looks like it's still be coming to all workspace customers as well as personal uh, accounts and then another uh, little section that they included on that uh, initial announcement was that in relation to the roadmap that the feature was listed as an upcoming release and they kind of list the link over to the upcoming releases help article. So that was interesting that they started to include that on some of their uh, update posts, but haven't seen it on any other one this week. So maybe that's something new that they're thinking about including who knows. All right. So, uh, the the first update that is still available to everyone is that you can now build larger spaces in Google Chat. And this is uh, going to increase the number of users that you can have in a, um, you know, in a, in a space in chat from 400 now uh, up to 8,000 users. So kind of mimicking more of what you would have over on currents in those larger communities uh, to make sure that I think that some of those communities can migrate over into a chat space. So uh, for this uh, for this update, um, there's some kind of caveats, I guess you could say, to how, uh, how this feature is going to be available. So if you are you know, I, I don't really know how a user is going to know this. This is, uh, this is interesting because they talk about uh, for chat preferred domains, for chat only domains, and they're giving this to in the end users section here. Uh, so I don't know how that would, would work. But uh, for those chat preferred domains, the feature is only applicable to newly created spaces. Uh, for chat only domains, this feature is available to all new and existing spaces. Uh, spaces with up to 8,000 members cannot be created on Hangouts, which I guess Duh. that makes sense <laughs> because it's the Spaces feature. I mean, I don't know why that would be the case. Um, so uh, those are just a little bit, a uh, little bit of details there in terms of how you'll be able to use these larger spaces, depending on what your admin has chosen for you on your domain. So. Available to all workspace customers, but not available to users with personal Google accounts. Uh, that is, and I think they talked about rollout. Uh, rollout did not talk about rollout, but rollout-wise, it was available when that feature was announced on the 18th of July. All right, uh, next. So in terms of chat active user metrics, you're going to get some more detail there in the admin console. So there's some changes as to how Google is calculating those active users in chat across the org. 
so this will just provide some uh, better accuracy for detecting a user's reading and sending actions in chat and uh, just being a little bit more accurate here. Uh, so you will notice an increase in active users for chat uh, metrics uh, in the reports chart and exported reports. And uh, just be aware of that, I guess. Um, I just wonder if, like, does that mean that they just weren't accurate before? They've changed the way that they're, <laughs> you know, identifying an active user? I don't know. Showing I, I more information, maybe just doing a, maybe? Maybe just doing a better, you know. Could you say? Could you? Uh, reading it. Could you see single day active before? I don't think it was um, that. Was it that granular? I haven't looked at this in a while. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. I last, if I remember I correctly, I the reports. I didn't think it was. They've this never been reliable a, to me. I don't. They've. Well, there you go. I thought it was. I've uh, never some being reliable. Was monthly, but I could be wrong. Hmm. But, well, yeah. now it'll be more reliable, perhaps. <laughs> Just a bigger number, yeah. Uh, rollout pace for this one started the 18th of July. Uh, Rap release and schedule release domains uh, saw them both on a full rollout up to one to three days for visibility and uh, available to all workspace customers, as well as Legacy, G Suite, uh, Business, and Basic. Uh, so uh, next, the ability to control access to experimental Google Workspace apps with the new admin settings. Experimental, so just right. yes, experimental. Hmm. So um, yeah, often, often here, Google apps do not have individual on-off switches. With uh, with this new feature, admins can now better control selected services. Uh, that users can access. So there will be a uh, kind of different way in which this feature is rolled out, depending on if you are an existing workspace customer or not. Uh, so if you are an existing workspace uh, customer, which I think the majority of us are going to be here listening to this, uh, at least this week, uh, the feature will be on. Uh, and if you are a... Um, you know, be off by default for Google Workspace for education, primary and secondary schools. So yeah, so it'll be on by default for existing Google Workspace customers. So will it be, will it be off for new Workspace customers then? Let's sign up, let's say, after this feature is on, hmm. right? I don't know. Because I don't say anything about other you know, new workspace customers. Interesting. I have to create a new workspace domain, and then you see if this feature is on or not. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's weird. Because you know, it says for existing Google workspace customers. What about for new ones? Um, for folks that are confused okay. about what experimental apps are, and I saw a bunch of news articles kind of speculating. Um, <clears throat> if you dig into this, it's things such as uh, apps that are made by Google's Area 120 incubator such as uh, yeah. ThreadUp or Stack or, um, if you'll remember, uh, what is it, uh, Tables, Graduated, um, right. from, uh, from Area right. 120 and is now a, yeah. a proper product. So they're, they're considered experimental yeah. when they're over in Area 120. 
Yeah, I wonder if it would be other things though too. For example, on the education side, um, I don't know maybe like Scholar was there. I thought for a while without an additional app in the oh, app yeah. console, and then it got added. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but there's other things. I was I was going through the list of additional Google apps, and my kind of annual audit of them and the changes, the new ones that I'm seeing, and there were quite a few new additional Google apps in there uh, this last time I was checking it. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it kind of helps control access to those ones that aren't, that don't get their dedicated on off switch essentially in the additional Google services. Yep. Uh, so admins, yeah, like I said, we'll be able to control that. And uh, for visibility on this feature, uh, there will be a uh, kind of consistent rollout between rapid release and schedule release domains. They'll both have, st have those starting on uh, the 18th of July when this got announced on our gradual rollout up to 15 days for visibility. And it's available to all workspace customers uh, all across the board there. All right, this is one that been waiting for for a long time. And I'm pretty sure when we had um, Charles Maxson on, this was talked about. Uh, I, I think it was when we had him on, we were talking about, you know, interesting, up, interesting uh, applications that could be built with APIs with workspace. And uh, he's like, Oh, yeah, this, uh, you know, document edit notifications is already uh, available. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it wasn't quite available to everyone, uh, but so it, is, it is now here we go. Woo uh, yeah. So you can start to receive email notifications for document changes on a per file basis. So, uh, if you want to get notified of any edits and updates, uh, this will now be available in the uh, notification settings dropdown, which is that bell icon or via tools and then notification settings. And you'll be able to kind of just stay on top of when updates occur to your docs. So as people are collaborating on them and things are changing, uh, you'll be able to stay informed of, of when those edits are happening. So you can, you know, maybe go back in there and check and, uh, and see what that changes, make sure that it aligns me with your, what you expected. You can, of course, still go into the, uh, you know, the document history and then look at what those um, edits are over time. So, uh, is this the know, same course, as uh, email changes for mm -hmm. Sheets? Is this going to be managed? Will that be managed uh, like this in the future? You think, or is it? I don't think it's currently managed this way. Email changes for Sheets. So, I don't know. Uh, I mean, this looks like a new feature for both. Um, well, it only talks about just for docs, docs, right? Just, it's just yeah. for docs. Yeah. Right. But so I don't think the sheets one sheets. could use a little bit of a overhaul and redesign mm -hmm. or adding I see what you mean. features. Yeah. So are, are, are the, sh the sheets notifications going to be looking like this is what you're, I guess what you're saying, right? Yep. Yeah. Don't know. I guess we'll you find do have you. a few options when you do configure this. Uh, you can get notifications for all comments, comments for you. I think those are pretty, uh, those are existing already. I think those were already there. 
but then in terms of edits, you have the option to um, get notified when anyone adds or removes content in the doc or it's off by default. So just remember, you'll have to go into those important documents and turn this on if you want to get notified. I love that Google's finally paying attention and adjusting this both here as well as uh, the email notifications for calendar and the amount of data that's in the email, especially when you can interact with it, that tells you exactly what was changed at a glance instead of you having mm. to you know, go over there and oh, open yeah. it up to see what was highlighted and maybe you can tell what they changed without searching through the doc or the event or whatnot. So this is a, this is a, a welcome bit of updates yeah. for me. Yeah, it's nice. There used to be some third-party applications, I think, that you could use for these types of uh, these types of things. But now it's directly there in the doc, uh, native from Google. Uh, rollout on this one: uh, wrapped release domains are going to see that starting uh, the 19th of July on a gradual rollout, up to 15 days for visibility. Those scheduled release domains are going to have to wait a little bit longer until the 17th of August. And that's also on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for visibility. It's available to all customers on Workspace as well as the G Suite legacy ones and users with personal Google accounts. Uh, next is that you can give the your users the ability to participate uh, when they ask questions or respond to polls and they can be anonymous. So. This anonymous questions will be allowed uh, by default. Uh, you can, uh, they can be disallowed by the meeting host or co-hosts. And you have to go into meeting activities and allow questions in Q&A and allow anonymous questions. So um, anonymous polls will be off by default. It can be turned on by hosts and co-hosts when sharing a poll. So questions uh, can, will be anonymous uh, by default. And then polls, uh, you'll have to enable anonymity if you want polls to be anonymous. Uh, they do not, oh yeah, one interesting thing here is that these settings do not carry over from meeting to meeting. So if this is important to you uh, and you have uh, you know, multiple events, uh, probably reoccurring events, I'd imagine it doesn't uh, carry over into those either. Uh, I guess I you know, have to kind of test that, I guess, and see, because you'll, you'll have the same meeting ID, I presume, for reoccurring events. So uh, check that out each time you have a meeting. Make sure it's uh, set to what you expect and what you want, and, um, and do that ahead of time so you don't get caught out and need to change it. Interesting note in here says that... Yeah. Uh... The details, when somebody responds anonymously, the details are kept anonymous to other participants, the meeting hosts, and your Google Workspace admin. It also adds that Google retains your poll response and anonymous questions. This data is later anonymized or deleted. Interesting, very specific bit of information there. Yeah. But I guess given the types of topics that companies in today's climate are talking about, I suppose that there are times when you would want to have uh, 
no record of, I guess, the way that you voted. Uh, and that could be whether it's political or, you know, internal company political. I could imagine a, a family business if you're voting for, because uh, I work for a family business, yeah. if you're voting for somebody to, to be the next uh, CEO or whatever, and you, you want to make sure that nobody knows who you voted for, um, <laughs> you certainly don't want anybody finding that out. Uh, but it's interesting that they specify that Google, Google does hold on to it for a little bit, uh, but they do anonymize it or delete it later on. I don't know what that time frame is, but that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Later is a little ambiguous there. <laughs> um, rollout for for this one is the same for rep release and schedule release domains. Uh, Sign our gradual rollout starting the 19th of July, uh, up to 15 days for visibility. Uh, as we mentioned, there's some differences here in Q&As and polls. So availability on Q&As is going to be uh, different than the polls. So Q&As is uh, available to most of the workspace uh, environments, but it is not available on Business Starter, Education Fundamentals, Education Standard, Frontline Customers, or Legacy G Suite Basic Customers. And then polls, uh, this is going to be pretty much available to uh, similar um, set of users. Um, it is uh, available to Workspace individual users, um, as well as those uh, on Workspace Essentials, Business Standard, Business Plus, Enterprise Starter, Enterprise Essentials, Enterprise Standard, Enterprise Plus Teaching and Learning Upgrade, Education Plus, and Nonprofits, as well as, as Legacy G Suite uh, business customers. Uh, so polls are not available for business starter, education fundamentals, education standard, frontline customers, and legacy T Suite basic customers. It's just a, it's a, it's a very, it's a big mess of <laughs> what's available for who and, and why on these two. Also, as I think um, about it some more, my example was terrible. Yeah. No family business would vote that way, but <laughs> that's my example. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I mean, I'm sure someone is doing it. Uh, uh, right. Sure. So, someone's <laughs> done it. I mean, yeah, there are better examples, but we'll let it, we'll yeah. let the audience come up with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Next on the updates, you can now delete chat spaces and their content. Uh, this is a now generally available feature. So there was uh, some yeah, <laughs> previous uh, announcement on this. Uh, it is now generally available. So as a space uh, manager, you can delete the space and that completely removes all owned content of the space, uh, including space tasks and files and attachments Good to uh, know. not saved elsewhere. So yeah, that would be, I guess, um, you know, attachments that were not in Google Drive already prior to being added to the space. So if you were uh, uploading it directly into that space. For example, there's an option to upload to the space and not, uh, you know, link to it from existing Google Drive ID. So that's where they differentiate those things. Um, in addition, you know, the members will no longer be able to access the space, its files, uh, all that stuff once it's been deleted. And um, just keep this in mind, you know, space managers can delete spaces for everyone. Uh, to delete a space, you just kind of have to go into that menu and delete space, and then it's gone. It's gone. Um, 
Well, space rule managers. Out in this one, space managers. Space yes. managers can do it. It's not just anyone. <laughs> just a, yeah, it's a great, uh, great name. It is. I think. Um, just want like my little astronaut hat or something like that. When <laughs> I, uh, go and do this, you know. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, roll out on this one. Uh, this was uh, going to. Go out to wrap release and schedule release domains starting the 19th of uh, July on a gradual rollout up to 15 days for visibility. It's available to all workspace customers uh, and those with personal accounts. Uh, okay, here we go. This next one, you are going to love this one, Jesse, because yes. you seem to get it more so than I do. I don't often get, have this happen to me, but... Um, You'll be able to prevent spam by adding invitations from known senders only to your calendar. So uh, this will, you, know, you can't block internal users because um, those will um, always, I think, always be added there. Um, but uh, you can kind of make the, make the choice here whether or not you want um, just people in your contacts or people you've interacted with before to have them start showing up on your calendar. Um, so there's there's always been some uh, options before to have all invitations appear on your calendar, only those you've accepted. So that had been an option prior to this, but this is a little bit more uh, specific customization as to which of these events will show up on your calendar. Um, and additionally, admins can set the default reply option for their users in the admin console and end users can initiate, uh, indicate the preference uh, in their own calendar settings as well. So as an admin, you can head over into your settings, uh, set this for your users to be invitations from everyone or invitations from known senders or invitations users have responded to via email. So you have one of those three options to configure for your users on their behalf. In the admin console, gonna have to test that. And yeah, yeah. Define before. I've, I've definitely got a few emails I can uh, test this with for you, Jesse. Okay. Like one or two. If I replied to the email unsubscribe because they didn't have the auto unsubscribe <laughs> button in the bottom of the email, does that count as having interacted with that person mm. and they can now send me mm. invites to my calendar? That's a good question. I mean, <laughs> hopefully, oh, sorry. Hopefully not. Um, hopefully that email that came from those types of newsletters, things like that aren't, is not going to be an email that you're getting a calendar invitation from. Yeah. Oftentimes it's like, uh, oh, circling back on this and it's obviously a list. Yeah. And it says in the bottom yeah. to unsubscribe, reply, unsubscribe. Right. right. But you know, and then oftentimes, and that's from actual people. They're just using a, a auto sender or something. Yeah. Well, that would be, you'd want to have that, uh, invitations from known senders and not just invitations, for, uh, that you responded to via email. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the rollout pace in this one. Uh, this is similar to others we've had this week on a uh, gradual rollout up to 15 days for visibility. This one started on the 20th of July and both the rapid release and scheduled release domains will have that in the same way. 
um, all workspace customers as well as Legacy G Suite basic and business and personal accounts will have access to this feature. And uh, another uh, nice little update here to Google Meet for those larger events. Um, yep. Be able to live stream Google Meet events via YouTube. So once you have your admins available uh, or admins enabling this for you, then your users will be able to live, the, live stream these uh, meetings publicly via YouTube. And you can initiate that, uh, you know, in Meet, heading into this, you know, ever uh, evolving here and uh, activities panel, and then into live streaming, and then select your channel from the list of channels that you have access to. Um, pretty um, straightforward, you know. If you have, uh, if you've, you've, you've used this before in the past, um, I think you know this used to be. Um, kind of there used to be a way to do this directly on YouTube Live. You'd have to go over there, you know, kind of run your stream. Uh, but this is uh, giving you the ability to do it directly from Meet. Uh, so one thing that they do mention is that if you don't have a YouTube channel just yet and you want to create one for this purpose for your events, uh, it could take a little while to get your YouTube channel up and running up to about 24 hours. So make yeah and approve for live streaming. That's the that's the part there. So uh, make sure you do this uh, ahead of time like before your event. Make sure it works. Do a little testing, uh, and uh, then you'll be all set to go for your event. Uh, this one is rolling out to um, a little bit uh, a little bit differently here. Uh, for different types of users. So this talks a little bit about workspace, uh, individual and Google One subscribers, uh, that live streaming will be automatically available, uh, which is, is nice. Um, for, for those other, you know, the typical workspace customers, admins will need to enable this uh, either as on or off uh, for, for your users or subsection of, subset of users. And then rollout uh, wise, rapid release domains will see this first, starting on the 21st of July, uh, full rollout of one to three days for feature visibility. Schedule release domains, we'll start to see this uh, actually starting uh, today, uh, undergraduate rollout up to 15 days for feature visibility, today being Monday, the 25th of July. And uh, availability here, as I, as I mentioned, is available to um, Workspace individual users, also Google One Premium plan members in select countries. And then on the uh, workspace side of things, um, it would be available to Workspace Enterprise Starter, Enterprise Standard, Enterprise Plus, Education Plus, and the Teaching and Learning Upgrade uh, customers. Not available to anyone that didn't mention there. All right. And emojis. The Frequently used emojis now available in, I know, Android, in chat, available on the web. I've seen it. Uh, yep. I presume for those Apple users, you'll see it over on iOS as well. Uh, so at the top, when you go into your emoji picker, you will see your most frequently used emojis uh, right there at the top. Make it quick, quicker and easier for you to, to access those ones that you like to use the most. Um pretty self-explanatory in this one. 
really uh, no roll-up pace uh, that I saw on this article. Uh, pretty much available to everyone that is using chat and has it. Uh, so that will um, be available to everyone that's using chat. iOS is anticipated in the coming weeks. They'll share an update on the blog to confirm. I don't know if you oh, saw that. Is that, is that what that said? Yep. Because I was looking at mine and I was like, I mean, it has quick emoji at the top, but oh, yeah, I'm right. a little bit more varied than just, you know, the standard thumbs up, smiley face and confetti. I mean, I, I do use those a lot, but um, I, I have a little bit more uh, uh, interesting and colorful selection on a regular basis. I know I use the cursing uh, emoji far more frequently than the mad emoji, so that's definitely going to hop up yeah. there. We'll have to do a contest or uh, a Twitter uh, poll to share your most uh, most used emoji up there. But yeah, it's I don't have it on iOS yet, but I do have it in um, in uh, uh, workspace on chat. You should you should get a you know an Android maybe? I should get one just to play with, just to have <laughs> on the desk. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm all in on iPhone, mm. and I do love my iPhone. All right, I'm gonna stick with that for a while and. Every year I get a new one, so um, I do like that. And yes, of course, right. I could do that on the Android side too. But I, I like I like to say that I run all Google software on all Apple hardware. And yes, iOS is Apple software. But okay. I get a new iPhone, the first thing I do is download like 20 or 25 Google apps. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I think this is the last one here for, yeah, this is the last one of the week. Number Given 10, the, uh, 11, depending on how you're counting. Uh, um, what about the programmatically managed APIs? That's the that, one. That's... Got, this is the oh, okay, this you're moving on one. to that. All right. I thought you were saying top, we were done. Um, okay. Sorry. Nope. One, more, <laughs> one more to go. It's either update 10 or 11, depending on how you're counting with that first one. Yep. Um, yes, programmatically manage and apply drive labels using API functionality. So it's... Um, Basically, uh, an API allows you to apply these uh, to your documents, and um, uh, you know, so the Drive Labels API is going to support reading drive label taxonomies. Uh, there's some new functionality in the Drive API that can be used to apply labels, set fields on files, and find files by label metadata. Uh, so they say uh, here as a whole. These API features will enable numerous use cases, including bulk classification, app script-driven workflows, third-party integrations, and other organizing and finding needs. So not only uh, does this update uh, make that kind of generally available, uh, but also they're announcing a beta version of the Drive Labels API that supports creating and modifying labels, which was previously only supported in the Label Manager. Uh, so just, you know, of course, if you want to use this, you've got to turn your drive labels feature on. And once it's enabled, then you can head over to the developer console uh, or developer dashboard and, you know, look at some of the documentation and look at the labels API v2 beta and v2 comparison for reference. Uh, this is rolling out, uh, rolled out already now. Uh, we're on the last day of its rollout pace. Uh, started on the 22nd of July for both rapid release and scheduled release domains. And that was a full rollout uh, with one to three days for feature visibility. Uh, availability for this API, I believe, coincides with whether or not you have access to drive labels. 
So it would be those customers on Workspace Essentials, uh, Business Standard, Business Plus, Education Essentials, Enterprise Standard, Enterprise Plus, Education Plus, Education Standard, and nonprofit customers. So not available to personal accounts and those other uh, SKUs that I did not mention uh, because you just don't have access to drive labels. And uh, that wraps up the updates for the week. Whew, long one there. I had a lot of yeah. work to go through this one. <laughs> Why don't you yeah. uh, take a break? I'll cover the other couple that we had here. Sounds good. We yeah. already oh. talked Google Next to death, I think, uh, for this week. So we'll let that one go. Uh, oh, so that uh, won't be the next topic we're That won't about? be the next topic. Um, we... Uh, we did that at the top of the episode. Let's uh, let it lie uh, until we have more information, hopefully next week. And uh, Oh, when? Next week? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just want to check when that might be. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. The next next, next update next next week. I was trying to, to lay off on those, but apparently we're doing <laughs> that. So let's go for it. <laughs> All right. The next update is not Google Next. We're going to move on to uh, the another past event, um, not a next future event. The new Google Pixel books that we mentioned earlier, um, a lot of us were very surprised that Google didn't uh, say anything at uh, I/O, not Google Next, that they were working on uh, new Pixel books. They teased a tablet at the last second, which we thought may have had something to do with possibly a new home hub um, that would have a detachable tablet on there, which would be pretty cool. But who knows? Uh, we haven't heard anything anything more about that since, so we'll just uh, have to wait and see there. But apparently. Um, Chrome Unbox caught this. There was a tidbit from Google SVP Rick Osterlo, Osterlo, uh, said to The Verge, where um, he said Google plans to make more Pixel books, by the way, but wouldn't say when. So that's pretty much all we know. Uh, a little bit of hope on the horizon there. It has been remarked by a lot of people, myself included, that, um, well, it's kind of annoying and a little bit surprising that there hasn't been any new Pixel books for a while. You've got the original, uh, uh, you know, white glass topped, uh, I mean, gorgeous Pixel book, but I, I actually used it this week because I was at the office and didn't have my computer with me because I actually gave my Pixel book, not my Pixel book, my Chromebook, to uh, somebody else who needed it more than I did, and we had run out. So I was like, well, I needed a machine, and I saw that there, so I charged it up and started using it. And man, the bezels on that are massive, and it just feels so outdated. And I have the Pixel book Go as well, but uh, somebody else was using that. It's been a it's been a busy couple of weeks here, hardware wise. So um, I do enjoy using that, but it is really, especially compared to modern day uh, Chromebooks, and it's only been a couple of years here. But it, it's it's feeling sluggish. It feels dated, and I have granted it's not the i7, it's the i5 version, but still, you know, Google, come on, at least update the insides, give us a, a ter internal spec bump or something. And we haven't seen any of that. So um, there is something in the works here. I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, if you're interested more in some digging in, because uh, Chrome Unboxed really goes deep on uh, looking at code names and processors and announcements and whatnot. So if you're interested, uh, go and check out the rest of that article. But the um, the initial thing you need to know from there is that, yes, something new is coming. What and when? Anybody's guess. Then the last topic we have here is uh, the the shocking headline, Denmark bans Chromebooks and Google Workspace in schools over data transfer risks. And we're all going, huh? What? Why? Um, but uh, as Steve said, uh, apparently it's, 
not as extreme as uh, we would be led to believe here, but it is a, a GDPR data privacy regulations. They they say that um, Google's cloud-based workspace software suite does not meet the requirements of GDPR. So um, it's specifically the data processor agreement, Google's terms and conditions. So um, uh, Steve, what was the uh, the line that you had here? A member of the Google Netherlands communications team has informed, ble- uh, has informed bleeping computer that Chrome and Chrome OS are not banned in the education sector of the country and that schools may continue using them. Now, did that apply to workspace as well? Or was that clarifying only for the Chrome and Chrome OS platforms? Um, I think it's, yeah, settings based on like Chrome and Chrome OS settings, uh, and what things are happening with certain, uh, data that's being shared with those browsers and with the OS. Um, but also the other thing too, is like, it's just this small municipality in (laughs) Denmark. It's not like the the entirety of Denmark. No, it's like this, uh, you know, has, uh, Hesning or municipality, um, Helsingor, H-E-L-S-I-N-G-O with the line through it, R. That's the uh, municipality that uh, had this concern with it. So um, there's there's a document that outlines how schools and municipalities can still leverage Chrome and Chrome OS if certain settings are put in place um, but then there's also a, I think another review next year, um, you know, after I think Google makes some additional changes and things, it really just comes down to a lot of the additional, um, you know, the additional areas in which these applications share data with, um, you know, outside of the core workspace applications, for example, is things like with YouTube data and, and other types of, uh, information there. It's a pretty long, uh, article that, um, the, um, kind of the report is, uh, I didn't read, I didn't read through the whole thing. It's pretty long. It's a pretty mm-hmm. long, uh, thing here on the, the, the data, uh, data tills, tills net, uh, link, uh, cause it was all in Danish, of course. So you had to translate it and hope that you're getting the right thing. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think there's always concerns there, but as long as you inform your users and the users are aware of what is happening with that information, you can pretty much do anything. And, you know, there's, there's some requirements around making sure that there's adequate controls in place. Adequate controls are subjective, of course. Um, there's, it's, um, you know, I think as long as you're informing users that these things are being done, then you can still comply with things. So. Uh, I think people are being a little bit, you know, overcautious, I think sometimes when they are making these, uh, analysis, uh, these analysis of, um, yeah, what's happening with information, but unfortunately lawmakers are not the most tech savvy folks in the world yet. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. that day will arrive. Well, they also mention in the article here in TechCrunch, the heart of the issue is the now defunct EU US privacy shield that regulated how data can be shared between the EU and the United States. So that's already gone, basically. They just don't have the new policy in effect yet. And so it's kind of uh, in limbo there, I think. And that's maybe something that they took offense with. But it also talks about in the uh, earlier part of the article here that they had a 
uh, quote, breach of personal data security back in 2020. So I don't really know which one or what that's referring to or even what the cause for that was. So, you know, take all of this with a grain of salt and don't, um, don't uh, you know, start getting all bent out of shape and worry that, that uh, this is going to come later if you're, or if this is going to come to you next if you're uh, also under GDPR. But, uh, you know, it's good to have this conversation continuing, and we have this conversation in the U.S. with our various different privacy uh, laws that are in effect in the individual states as well. Um, uh, it's definitely worth interesting, definitely worth watching. It is interesting and worth watching, see where it goes. Uh, it's, I mean, it's nice that it is just that one municipality now, and I'm sure that Google is already has already convened war rooms and uh, is, is doing what they need to do in order to make this uh, make this right, make everybody happy. Yeah. No way they're going to let that just hang out there. <laughs> Not so much. And that's our show. So uh, stay tuned for more. Uh, hopefully next week my camera quality is going to go up. I've got a new toy in the house here. I was going to use it tonight, but um, I want to do an unboxing video. So this, unbox, is, yeah. this is the Opal C1 invite-only beta fancy-schmancy Mac whatever. Uh, it's basically an iPhone camera or a DSLR-level sensor in an iPhone-type camera using neural network processing in order to make it a really kick-ass image apparently it's really really good um feel free to uh let me know if you've got one or uh if you are interested in getting one hit me up on twitter i'll be playing around with it happy to answer any questions as i put together my unboxing video uh over the next couple of days and and hopefully get the video out so stay tuned for that um that's all for this week send us your questions and comments on twitter at workspace recap and on our website workspacerecap.com hit the subscribe button leave us a review uh, wherever you're listening, as well as a thumbs up on our video, drop your comments down below, or like I said, uh, hit us up on Twitter, or hit me up on Twitter, Mr. J. Nolan. Yeah, I haven't said that in a while, my own individual uh, Twitter name. So, Anyway, uh, have a great week, and we will see you next time on Workspace Recap.